Welcome to Fotografiska Thailand's podcast. My name is Elo and it brings me large pleasure to introduce to you Matt Humphrey, who is the curator uh, of Brian Adams' exhibition Exposed that is just on for the last few days in Fotografiska Tallinn. And we're going to definitely talk about the exhibition, curating it and a little bit about you, Matt. So hi. Hello. Very nice to be talking to you. <laughs> Same here. How, How is are things life? in Estonia now? Oh. <laughs> well, uh, I think crazy as... Uh, as everywhere in the world, although uh, I think the situation in Estonia is is rather good. I think we've uh, we've sort of overcome the the COVID uh, crazy situation, and and I think everyone's trying to be reasonable. And I think uh, as long as people stick to being reasonable, then uh, then the world uh, should restore to its normal order. <laughs> yeah, that's um, that's good to hear. It's been a little bit more crazy in uh, in the UK, as you probably know. But um, uh, yeah, there's some some sort of sense of normality back in uh, back in Britain. But I have a feeling things are taking a bit of a turn at the moment. But we'll see. We'll see. Fingers crossed. It doesn't go Fingers to where it was crossed. before. Exactly. Hoping for the best. But actually, that brings us um, right back uh, to the time when you were here. So you were right here in Tallinn just before everything uh, turned, so to speak, upside down. As we opened uh, Brian's exhibition on the 5th of March, then you were here together with Anke Degenhardt, uh, the other curator. So tell us a little bit about um, about your emotions, about being here and opening Brian's exhibition. And, and then we can talk about how, how this whole exhibition uh, came to be. Well, yeah, I'm, I have a I have a strong connection to Estonia as a, a very dear friend of mine. Pe- I always say his name wrong as well. Is Peter Loritz, yes. um, who, I've, who <laughs> okay. I've known for fifteen years or so. Um, he he came to London a long time ago, and I curated a show of his photography in London. And since then, we've been very close friends, and I've been to Estonia three times before. Um, to visit him and to look around and um, yeah I just I absolutely love Estonia and I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you I really do really love Estonia so having the opportunity to come back and put on a show in Fotografiska was just fantastic um, I came to the opening of the space um, at the, right at the beginning Mm-hmm. which and, was uh, uh, just a year ago in uh, June in 2019. Yeah, that's right. And um, also I've been working with uh, Jimmy Nelson. So uh, I came over and saw the show and was blown away by how amazing the building is and how well everything's organized and how beautiful the space is. So I was really excited to be able to get in there and 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 join in and put a show up of Brian's work. And uh, as you mentioned, I work with a lady called Anka Degenhardt, um, who I've been working with for a, more than a decade now, um, who's also a, a very, very dear friend, and she's the most amazing person you could possibly hope to work with. Um, and so we've travelled all over all over the world putting on shows, and uh, we had the opportunity to come to Estonia and had a wonderful time right at the strangest moment in sort of, uh, well, in, in, in my living history anyway, where everything suddenly turned on its head. So, it definitely yeah. did. Yeah. And when, yeah. when when you talk about Anka and, and her being a good friend of yours, then to yeah. just elaborate a little bit on, on uh, about Brian's exhibition as well, then Brian also is a friend of yours and, and he's not just an artist or a photographer that, you're, uh, that you curate. So tell us a little bit about your relationship with Brian as well. Yeah, that, that's um, we've, we've been friends for 17 years um, and working together that whole time. Um, and he... 
I, I got a phone call from him on the eve of my 30th birthday. Um, out of the blue, I'd never met him before. And I got a phone call and said, hey, this is Brian, Brian Adams. And I was like, um, well, really? And he'd seen some of my um, artwork. I, I'm, I'm a painter as well. I make pictures. And uh, he'd seen some and he phoned me up and said, hey, I've seen your work. Would you be interested in doing an album cover for me? Which was wow. really quite a surprise, you know, like, and uh, I said, well, yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to do that. And uh, he said, brilliant. I'll come to your studio tomorrow. <laughs> okay, then. Right. <clears throat> so he came to the studio and saw the work and uh, we spent a week or so sort of discussing the different options. And I went to a concert with him. And uh, during that time, we sort of realized that we got on and had a lot of things in common, including uh, an interest and a passion for photography. And uh, I was um, working with a photographer called Zana, who was a fashion photographer in London. And he was interested in her work, interested in what my role was with her. And he said, well, look, you know, I'm sort of taking this seriously now, my, my photography career. What do you think about working for me? And, and I said, well... I'd prefer to work with you than for you, if you see what I mean. And he said, fantastic. All right, well, let's work together and do stuff. So that was the beginning of, um, of working on, on the photography wow, with so him, which, actually, which started off. Yeah, sorry. I was sorry? just, uh, just uh, making a remark that I guess that means that you've been with him pretty much from the start, uh, meaning that uh, that, yeah. that was the moment when he said he's, he's getting more serious about his photography and, and his, uh, his artist side in, from from photographic point of view. Yeah, well, he, he'd already been doing, he'd already produced um, uh, a book, which was um, uh, a charity-based book, and he'd taken um, portraits of lots of famous women. Um And I think it was relating to, as if I remember, to uh, breast cancer. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so he'd already been doing serious photography, but he hadn't really, aside from that book, presented it that much to the world. You know, he'd done some um, some things for magazines and uh, he'd already photographed some extraordinary and interesting people. But he'd never really um, exhibited properly um, you know, like as as a as a thing to do, as a sort of like working artist, as opposed to a sort of jobbing photographer, if you see what I mean. Mm-hmm, so definitely. we we started off, and uh, he got me on a couple of shoots, and I started coming up with ideas and and working with him. And you know, one thing that we've done all the way through, I mean, in the past we've made sorry, excuse me, one second. <clears throat> We've made big sets and, and elaborate kind of uh, constructions to do shoots. But the time when we work best has always been um, improvising. Mm-hmm. So we're both kind of uh, connected in, in the way that we think. And we could work off the cuff and, and you know, like uh, go into a situation and come up with ideas on the spot and keep the energy going on shoot. So that was, that's been really fun. And that, that kind of lasted for about 10 years, I think, with me working on the shoots directly. But during that time, we sat down and talked about the idea of um, of exhibiting because, I mean, I was exhibiting my paintings and my artwork and I talked to him about it and I was exhibiting wherever I could. And I said, I think it's really important as an artist that you put yourself out there and, and have the sort of nerve-wracking moments of presenting to the world what it is you do creatively. 
And then waiting and for said, the reaction. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And waiting for the reaction and, and sort of, you know, that, that thing of standing there beside your work and going, this is, this is me. This is what I do. And it's funny because I don't think I've ever met or seen someone as confident as him when it comes to performing his music. Mm-hmm. His ability to um, to lift a crowd to do his performance is like uh, just extraordinary. You know, it's that that his his natural element. Um, but when it came to exhibiting photography at the beginning, he was quite cautious and and quite shy about it. Really, that's um, actually interesting because I wondered and I wanted to ask you about that. How does it? Um, how does he see it himself? Does he? You know, he's such a famous musician uh, and has been. You know, is very known by that. How does he kind of divide himself between photography and music? And and does he make it sort of? I mean, I've understood that he really wants to keep those two sides of him quite separate, although they they overlap sometimes as well. Because I think, if I'm not wrong, then he started with with also taking photos for the covers of his albums. Yeah, I mean, well, when he first started out, he was actually, he was recording what happened to him in his life. You know, it it was photos from being on tour, photos of his band, photos of his family. Um, So the very first exhibition that I set up for him was actually in a small venue in Yorkshire, Northern England. And uh, it was it was small prints of um, very personal photographs, pictures of his dog, pictures of his his mum, of his friends, of uh, of you know snippets from his life but they 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 weren't just sort of how could we say snapshot type photography he'd already you know like from an, an early period developed a very very keen interest in it so right from when i first met him when i first went to his house he had the most extensive library on photography i'd ever seen you know so um, it was a passion that was uh, that had been bubbling under the surface for a long long time with him mm, and then and it I've, finally I've... kind of sorry yeah, no, I just wanted to say that I've heard people say that he has extraordinary memory when it comes to, for example, these photo books that you mentioned as well, that he can easily cite, um, I don't know, hundreds of different photographers uh, talking about a different technique or a method or, or things like that. So he has a very strong theoretical basis that, that then he, of course, puts into practice, as I've understood. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, th- there was an example of that right at the beginning where I, I picked a book that I was interested in. It was a, um, an Outbridge um, uh, monograph book and I was flicking through it and I, I really like those early um, Outbridge photos and I, I was I was uh, scrolling through and, and I, I read a, a section from it and it was about the colour that he uses in his photography in, in the print and it's a, it's a strange type of uh, a process that uses the same pigments that are in oil paint which is probably why I gravitated to it having been you know a painter my whole life and I said, hey, Brian, it's really interesting. This is the same pigment used in, in oil paint. And, and then he pretty much quoted the entire page that was in front of me. And this was a book picked up from thousands. You know? <laughs> like, it was, I looked at him and thought, are you, are you like Rain Man? <laughs> your, your knowledge and, and retention of that knowledge is kind of extraordinary. So, yeah, he's, he's, he came from a, a, a position of having a very strong theoretical knowledge of the subject um, he- and, uh, and keen passion for it, yeah. 
but where do where do you think this uh, this inspiration comes from? And and also, I mean, I know that his mother is a painter and quite a famous painter in Canada. And, yeah, and do you right, think yeah. there's a lot of influence that comes from the family and and especially from from his mother's side? Or um, obviously, he comes from very creative people, um, and uh, and that sort of um, desire to make images is probably the the inspiration that comes from his mother to an extent. Um, but he's got a very different approach to making making his work than his mother has. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's something that developed. It, I think partially it developed because he was the subject of photography and wasn't necessarily the most comfortable being the subject and uh, and thought, well, what's it like being on the other side of it and uh, and being the photographer? Because may, maybe he thought that, you know, if he's the sort of people who are a bit in his face trying to take pictures, that that could be done in a different way. And I mm. think uh, one of the major abilities that Brian has and, and why he photographs people is that he's really, really good at making people feel relaxed and feel natural and bringing out some sort of uh, um, true aspect of their character when he takes portraits of them. I think um, that's really adequate because uh, the first ex- uh, sort of feeling that I got when I when I experienced his exhibition exposed uh, was mm-hmm. exactly that, that. I mean, for example, when we talk about the famous people that he has uh, photographed, these are people who have been photographed thousands of times in their lives but if you look yeah. at Brian's photos they're different and this is the, the, the sort of being at the eye level or, or understanding what it feels to be photographed all the time and I think it really makes a difference so and, and you can easily see that in his photos yeah that's absolutely right yeah um, uh, that is very important that that bit where he knows what it feels like and he, he doesn't you know he doesn't want to be uh, hassling people or forcing anything but um, there, there's always a sense of, uh, I mean, the shoots that we do, uh, the shoots that I've worked on have always been really fun and really relaxed. And I think that makes a big difference with the outcome. And, uh, and yeah, his subjects are people, especially, yeah, like you say, when he's photographing famous people, they know that he knows what it's like. Mm. And it puts them, puts them in a position where perhaps their guard is, is not, their guard isn't up in the same way it would be with a photographer that they had never met before or they didn't know of or you know so it gives him it gives him an opportunity to photograph celebrities certainly in a way that um uh, is different perhaps to other people he has a slight advantage there Definitely. But at the same time, when we look at the exposed exhibition, then uh, it's interesting because it's not only the famous people, it's, it's also including quite the opposite. Uh, we have a series in the same exhibition that talks about uh, the homeless people from the streets of London. And next to them, yeah. we also have the wounded series. And, and, and that, that is actually quite a contradictory, uh, let's say, different kind of people that he's taken photos of. So how does that yeah. work uh, in, in that case when the people... I mean, even homeless people probably know of Brian Adams. Then how does how does he make them feel so comfortable? Well, I think it's um, an interesting thing. I I think partly it's down to upbringing. You know, Brian is a uh, um, as you know because you've met him. He's very very polite, very well mannered guy. Um, he's uh, very concerned about people feeling comfortable in their well being, and I don't think. You know, although he may have that advantage, as it were, with photographing celebrities, I don't think he has a hierarchical um, view of people and treats everybody exactly the same, which is with, you know, like with good manners and with with kindness, compassion. So 
it doesn't matter who the subject is, he still has this kind of rapport. And, and of course, the music he makes is, is directed at being for everybody. You know, it's, um, it's not supposed it's to exclude universal. anyone. Mm-hmm. It's universal, yeah. And I think that really that's been his sort of driving force in his life, is to communicate with everyone from all walks of life on, on any particular in any particular fashion, so yeah, so the the the, um, the series on the the uh, the homeless series started hmm, testing my memory. Now it's probably about I would guess about eight or nine years ago. And uh, there's a there's a magazine that we have in the UK. I'm not sure if you have an equivalent in Estonia, but it's called the Big Issue. Uh, the Big Issue, of course. Yeah, mm-hmm, sorry, mm-hmm. mind slip there. Um, yeah, it's called The Big Issue, and it's it's designed to, a magazine, to give to homeless people so that they can sell something on the street that helps their situation. Um, and the month um, that uh, we were doing that, or the month that we were doing something for that magazine, it was being kind of guest curated by Trudy Styler, who's Sting's wife. Um, and she got in touch with Brian and said, would you be interested in doing an article for the magazine or something you know uh, to do with your photography that could go into the magazine and so that's how that project started um but like with other things that he's done you know he sort of started with something that was specific for a uh, an article or something and it became uh, something that he wanted to pursue and was interested in so he's then continued doing that project for years and years and the project actually, in in addition to those beautiful portraits that he made of the homeless people, I think the essence of the project is actually maybe the book. Can you, I mean, can you tell us a little bit about the book as well? Yeah, well, the the, um, the book um, is is produced by Steidel, and uh, I know that the the proceeds from the book go towards uh, charities that help the homeless. Um, I think that that, that as a big driving force behind him making books is that then they can produce some sort of an income that can then go to the particular subject that they're about. And it's the same with the wounded, um, the wounded book that was produced. But yeah, it's uh, I suppose it's a way of um, of getting the photography out to people who wouldn't be able to come to a museum to see it. I suppose. Yeah, um, it's, it's definitely the... a beautiful way, and and I think that's something that really um, really shows what kind of a person Brian is. Because, uh, like you said, I met him, and and really he's very humble, and the way that he he really treats everyone uh, with um, huge respect. And uh, and being very delicate uh, about their feelings, and uh, and you can you can really see that in his works as well. Because the next uh, series in the exhibition exposed talks about uh, the British uh, soldiers who've been wounded in the course of uh, training or in in the course of uh, of warfare, and and yeah. it's a very powerful series. So can you maybe explain to the to the listeners as well what is the logic behind combining these very different series and what the, sort of what's the what's the idea behind uh, putting these very different series together in one exhibition? Well, it's it that's an interesting one because uh, I mean the, the first time we actually put the wounded exhibition alongside the 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 rest of the work was it, it was in Dusseldorf. This is going back a few years. And um, myself and Anka and Brian sat down and we thought long and hard about this because what we didn't want was it to seem inappropriate um, to to have a subject such as very badly wounded soldiers next to, let's say, 
Mick Jagger throwing his arms up in the air going, woohoo, um, that we didn't want that to seem like it was uh, un- insensitive to the difference between people. But also, there's a strong aspect of, of him wanting to say, well, everyone is interesting and everyone has a story and you, you can't really, um, you shouldn't have to make a distinction between, you know, whether someone's famous or not or whether they've uh, been through a difficulty or not as to whether or not they're an interesting subject for photography. So we thought we would like to do it and like to put these things together. But what we ended up doing was um, separating the two parts of the exhibition as it was back then. Um, and we, we realised quickly that it wouldn't be appropriate to have an image of a wounded soldier next to a celebrity swimming in a pool in Los Angeles or something like that. Um, but actually, uh, we the first time we did it in Dusseldorf, we had a, a room separated with the soldiers, and then the rest of the exhibition was fashion photography and, and um, portraits and you know images of celebrities. And what we found on that was that the images of, of celebrities and the portraits were very easy for people to ac- access um, and to perhaps, you know, they're comfortable around that kind of stuff. That's what they were expecting. And then when we walked into the room and found the soldiers, were really taken aback and really, you know, it kind of, in a strange way, the comparison of the two things has an emotional response that you wouldn't get if it was just one or the other on its own. And... Um, I think the sort of the realization that you know this is all people. There's not really any difference in even in the way that they're photographed necessarily, um, but uh, it, it's very different experiences of life. So we found that you know in the in the main room that had the uh, um, the ph- photography from the exposed book, which is the celebrities and. Um, portraits um there would be a lot of talk a lot of chatter you know people laughing joking pointing things out and then suddenly this huge emotional shift happens when you walk into a room full of soldiers who've been very badly wounded but it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't it didn't feel like an inappropriate swing of mood it didn't feel like that was a negative thing it felt like that was a positive and interesting difference in, in the emotional journey of going through an exhibition. And perhaps, in a way, it made people have a, a more peaceful and uh, um, to have a different kind of way of thinking when they walked into that room. We discovered when we had that that all the noise was going on in the exposed room and in the room with the soldiers, people were completely silent as they tried to sort of take in what they were seeing and, uh, and perhaps reading a little bit about the stories of those soldiers and what they'd been through. Um, I I think it's brilliantly curated because it it really, we often explain it to the visitors as well, that it's sort of like an emotional roller coaster. And and really, you can can see people, it it creates a lot of emotions from the celebrities and then to the homeless and then to the wounded and then back to the celebrities. And I think the way that the exhibition has been set up just really works brilliantly, like I said, it's... Um, oh, it really nice makes you. Yeah, it's, it's really. I mean, honestly, we're we're very grateful to have that exhibition set up this way. And I, if I'm not uh, wrong, then I understand that the homeless part is the first time that it's been exhibited in a gallery now. So it That's really, correct, yeah. Uh, yeah, and and I would, I mean, not to give you any suggestions, but I really like how it works and and the way that, like Brian says, we're all people with our different kinds of stories. And I think yeah. people often um, maybe not misunderstand, but kind of miss the point as well that the celebrities aren't necessarily there to create this contrast. 
but there's also this sort of, um, let's say, um, like a darker side to being a celebrity that probably Brian Adams knows a lot about as well. And and when we look at the, the photos of, uh, of the famous people, then we see a lot of uh, Amy Winehouse's portraits there. And yeah. I think she's unfortunately a very, uh, very good and a sad example of uh, that dark side of, of being uh, famous and being constantly watched and talked about and, and this kind of pressure that, that it also creates. So I think there's more more similarities between the series than, than maybe meets the eye at first sight. Absolutely, yeah. And I, it's, I think that's interesting you picked up on that because one, one, of, the, um, one of the first uh, series of celebrity portraits that Brian did was of Mickey Rourke. And uh, it, it was a, a series of very intimate portraits of him having dinner with his friends, of him lying in the bath. Of that, my favourite one is a, is a a picture of him walking down the corridor of a hotel, and he, he you just dog, see his right? back, yeah. and he has his tiny little dog with him, and he looks like this uh, sort of sad giant man with this <laughs> quite funny little tiny dog, and you get this sense of um, you know the kind of uh, um, perhaps. Uh, caring aspect of his character, of Mickey Rourke's character, that he has this tiny little dog as his companion. And a sense of... Uh, that, that photo has a sense of the, the, a lonely aspect to his position in the world, you know. Um, and it's got, a, it's got a strong emotion. It's a quite a, an interesting moment that he caught. And, yeah, I think you're right. I think that um, there are aspects to, to being in the, in the spotlight that are, are not comfortable and Brian's very aware of that and so perhaps he picks up on that in his in his photography of certain people mm-hmm. um, yeah especially the example that you're bringing about Mickey Rourke because it's the series that also was rewarded with the lead award and especially from the reason why it got the award I believe was that he managed to capture uh, Mickey Rourke as a you know as a person we know him as a macho he's a former boxer he has this sort of um, certain um, you know way about him that that we've uh, we've used to seeing him with a very macho and kind of you know manly way and then in Brian's portraits you see someone completely different and I remember your your co-curator Anka saying that if you look at these portraits of Mickey Rourke you almost feel like you need and want to give him a hug because you it's not that you pity him but but you really see a very vulnerable human soul which which you wouldn't wouldn't normally see in Mickey's photos anywhere yeah, I think that's that's absolutely that's absolutely true, and I think perhaps in that situation, someone like uh, Mickey would would trust Brian to do that, um, and mm-hmm. perhaps that's where he's he's lucky that you know he's in the position he is, and that he he has the awareness of what it feels like to be put upon by photographers or what have you. So yeah, but also you know Brian makes you know his his presence makes people feel. Um, relaxed and, and normal the first time i went round to brian's house i was expecting you know like i wasn't sure what to expect actually <laughs> but um you know it sort of he came to the door and i walked in and the first thing he says was oh do you want a cup of tea it's like yeah I'd, I'd love a cup of tea and i was expecting someone to go and make it for us you know and then he's like all right come come with me i'll just go and put the kettle on and he's really hands-on you know like he's Although he's had a very extraordinary life, he hasn't lost touch with just being a normal guy, you know. So that's an interesting sort of part of his his character. I was really surprised. I think that's why we got on so well, you know, like because uh, I was expecting something else, and he was just being relaxed. And then, hey, you know, that's. Uh, 
I had, well, a, was a, I had yeah, a very a surprise. similar uh, similar experience because I, I went to greet him when he arrived to Tallinn at the airport. And uh, yeah. as he was uh, also giving a concert uh, the very next day after the opening, then uh, the whole his whole band already was here and pretty much everyone was here. And then he arrived on his own. And... Uh, uh, I myself, together with one of our founders, uh, we went to meet him at the airport and uh, we had this special sort of car to pick him up straight from the airplane so that he wouldn't have to go through the, you know, the customs and everything. So wanted to make it as smooth as possible for him as he had had a very long flight. And then as we were just waiting in this small corridor, where, uh, which is right after you come up from the airplane, where usually no one oh, yeah. is waiting for anyone. So we, we were kind of waiting for there, of course, without a sign, because it's not hard to not recognize <laughs> Brian Adams. And then sort of, so he comes rushing in, and we're sort of like, hello, Brian Adams, we're, we're here to pick you up. And he's like, and he's sort of like, he was just so surprised that we were there to pick him up, although he obviously probably knew that we were, we were going to be there. But the way that, you know, he's such a simple and humble person that, um, that it's, it's not something you could imagine Imagine because when you when you hear his name and you know how many records he's sold and, and how famous he is, then you sort of it, it feels it feels almost like he can't be a normal person in you know in a not in a bad way but but he's actually such a um, such a nice and humble person that um, it's very surprising I have to say yeah 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 absolutely yeah he's um he's managed to retain that and not become a diva <laughs> exactly no definitely so, um, that is that would yeah. be the last word to use when when you talk about him but but at the same time yeah absolutely I mean, yeah of course when you meet him you you get this understanding pretty much right away from the let's say first two moments that that you actually come into contact with him but I imagine that it must be quite hard for him to, you know, kind of even to to um, to show his works or his photographic side without people thinking like, oh, well, but he's Brian Adams. Of course, he can have a photo shoot or of course he can have a photo exhibition. So, I mean, yeah. do you know how hard it has been for him or how has he overcome this kind of well, this kind of prejudice and, and this kind of um, thinking that, well, of course, you know, he doesn't need to be, let's say, a good photographer. He just has his name, which is not true, of course. But but I can imagine that it must be hard. Yeah, I think, well, I, I think uh, <clears throat> there's always going to be people who say, oh, yeah, you got the opportunity to do that because of your position that you got into through the music. And in certain circumstances, they would be correct because his access to celebrities is definitely helped by the fact that he already has his own fame however the the way he looks at it is and i think this is true when you're a photographer and you're presented with the the concept of doing a portrait you are all starting from the same position there's no advantage you can have by having fame or or money or anything like that um you know you basically have a camera and a subject and you have the set you know that's that's the same problem like any painter faces a blank canvas it mm -hmm. doesn't matter who they are um so you know perhaps in his access to subjects that has helped him but as a photographer there's no he had no advantage he had to learn just like everyone else has to and because he was determined um to to try and and improve continuously always trying to improve 
um, like anyone who's who follows a creative pursuit, you, you don't often sit back and look at what you've done and think, hey, I've done it, I've cracked it. It's always a case of, yeah, we did that, but it could have been better and we could have done this and, and there were these aspects that I could bring into the next time. And it's always a fluid process of trying to improve. And I think the show in Tallinn shows, uh, I mean, it's, it's got photographs right from the, the beginning, really, um, mm-hmm. all the way up until very recently. And, and I think as you, as you walk around the show, you can see the development that he's had as a photographer there. And, you know, that's, that's just come through working really, really hard. And I was, I was a star, actually, when I first, that day I first went around to Brian's house. This was to do with me making the album cover. And he said, look, there's an opportunity for you to take some pictures of me because I'm doing a concert on this, this night. So you could come along with me, if you like, and, uh, and take some pictures of me and the band or, and whatever you think might be suitable for an album cover. And I said, yeah, that sounds great. So when I turned up, he was working on his second shoot that day. And in the early or late afternoon, we then got in a car and drove for about two hours and went to a stadium. And he did a concert, came back. And now at sort of two o'clock in the morning, we were in his house. And I said, right, well, let's get a beer or something, which is not really Brian's thing, but I fancied a beer. <laughs> and uh, I was sort of sitting in the kitchen and I said, Where, where's he gone? And I went round, and he was in his in his office going through the shoots, and and said, "Hey, come sit down. Let's let's go through these pictures and tell me what you like, and you know, tell me what you think sort of uh, interesting." Or and I was like, "Brian, it's, it's two o'clock in the morning. You've done two photo shoots and a concert. Do you think maybe it's time to relax?" And he said, well, "This is how I relax. Come on, let's keep going. Let's do stuff." So that energy is just extraordinary. I was and, about um, to make a comment, yeah, because he seems like he run. I don't know what he runs on, but. Uh, but it's it seems absolutely <laughs> amazing this the supply like endless supply of yeah. energy that he has. Yeah. Well, I can tell I tell you he runs on fruit and vegetables. That's what I he know. runs on. I was actually trying to get there because he's he's I mean he's obviously very uh, conscious about the environment. He's uh, he's very conscious about uh, yeah. social issues, which which shows very well in his work. And I mean, yeah, he's he's been a hard well not to say it in a bad way, but a hardcore vegan for over uh, I think over 20 years is that correct or even more yeah 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 he's been he's been for the yeah most of his adult life he's been uh, he's been uh, vegetarian and and mainly vegan yeah wow um and uh he's a he's a walking advert for that because uh his energy is um yeah is extraordinary you couldn't you couldn't really argue that you needed meat to have that energy when you see him definitely um, definitely yeah. so has he had any influence on his friends like you for example have you turned vegan <laughs> Hey, I have eaten the most fantastic vegan food on the planet. It's been amazing because, you know, we travel all over the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, on occasion, when he's touring, he has a chef because some places he goes to, it's impossible to get, to get vegan imagine, food, really. Yeah. Or if you do, it's going to be very uninteresting. Um, so when he's touring his music tour, he has a, a chef who comes with him who is absolutely amazing. So I've, I've had the, the great fortune of, of eating extraordinary food i don't eat meat anymore mm-hmm. um that stopped a while ago and you know it's probably yeah influenced definitely by brian you know you realize that you just don't need it you can you can have delicious amazing food without having to uh, cause any harm 
Yeah, he definitely sets an amazing example. And I remember when we were having him here for the opening night and we also, we were, it was a great pleasure for our restaurant and our head chef as well to offer him a complete, uh, and all his guests, of course, a complete vegan dinner. So it's, yeah, he's oh, yeah, very inspirational for sure. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I love that restaurant there. It's great. Oh, thank yeah. you. Well, you are very welcome back. So hopefully you get to come and visit. <laughs> yeah. But oh, coming yeah. back to the uh, to the exhibition now, do you know uh, what's its next stop? So where will it go from here? Do you know if well, that's a really good question because uh, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if you noticed, but traveling's quite difficult. Um, and the, you know, like all all the things that we had um, that we had Lined organized. Up. Yeah, the things that were lined up then have to be put on hold. You know, even in terms of uh, 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 Brian's taking photographs. But obviously it can't function in the way it was functioning because you just can't travel around at the moment. So um, things are on hold a little bit, as you know, you know, for everyone, things are on hold. So I don't know. I don't know exactly where it's going to go next. Perhaps Germany. Yeah, um, we'll see, I guess. Yeah. But I wondered yeah. how, I mean, this, of course, the, the past COVID situation and the, and the past half a year has been, has been very challenging for a lot of people. And, uh, but at the same time, there's been also a positive side to that. So I wondered if, um, if maybe Brian has had some new uh, interesting ideas or projects that he wants to work on or, or maybe that will his, uh, will his um, next photographic project be, I don't know, something to do with, uh, with uh, the COVID situation or, or something completely different? Do you have any ideas what he's, he's thinking of? Well, I think uh, <clears throat> going back to what I said earlier about him working uh, you know, at twice the speed of anyone else I've ever met. Um, uh, he's been doing that since he was, I don't know, 18 or something. Um, and uh, this period has given him a chance to stop, <laughs> to, just literally to stop. You know, he's he's a guy who's been on a different aeroplane, um, you know, probably more than once a week, every week for the last three decades at least. So he had an opportunity to to be with his family and uh, I, I saw him in London last week, and he looked so relaxed. It was, it was quite extraordinary. And say, so, you look great, man. And he's like, well, you know, I've been with my family, with playing with my daughters, and 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 you know, spending time not having to race race around. So I think that I, 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 we're yet to see how that's going to affect what happens next. I'm sure that, that you know he's going to continue working and producing stuff at a phenomenal rate. But um, I think it's probably good for him. You know, when you say about positives, some people need the world to stop so that they can stop. Um, for me, I took up gardening. I've been, I've been planting vegetables, and that's oh, wow. been really lovely. I've never had the time to do that before. So, um, yeah, I've just been that enjoying. really good, yeah. Yeah, it's been great. And I think for Brian, I think he's definitely that that kind of a person that needs the world to stop, not because he probably wouldn't stop otherwise. Talking about his endless supply of energy, so I think it's it's. I can't really wait to see what actually what kind of influence that might have on his on his next photo project. So that that seems to be very interesting. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting. I, I think generally across the board, it's going to be interesting to see the creative output of of artists, musicians, painters, writers, everyone, because it's you know it's it's having a huge effect on the emotional state of people. It's made people realise that perhaps um, 
their ambitions and their, their desire to work their entire life, and now they've been shown what it's like not working all the time. I think a lot of people across the across the planet are going to reconsider how they spend mm-hmm. their time. Certainly for me, you know, like I want to spend more time with nature, and um, and uh, yeah, you know, it's sort of it was an opportunity to calm down and meditate a little bit. I mean, I, I appreciate that for a lot of people, it's been a very very difficult time financially. I mean, for me, I I didn't work uh, for three months, and then I had an accident, so <laughs> it's been it's been a little bit tough in certain ways, I but uh, on a on the on the sort of spiritual side of it and the you know the the sort of ability to stop and think about life that's been really positive and, and useful but um yeah yeah a strange time you know earlier we were talking about um uh, or you sort of mentioned emotional roller coaster of of the journey through the show and you know that from my experience of working with Brian that's that's that emotional roller coaster that maybe the viewers might have when they go around the exhibition is the same emotional roller coaster that he had as a photographer going through the the process of, of photographing different people um so for instance you know when he first started photographing the soldiers the, 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 so um, for the listeners who don't know about this the initiation of the project of fo- photographing the wounded soldiers came from a journalist who approached brian and said we would like to produce a, actually it was a calendar we'd like to produce a calendar with photographs of wounded soldiers and then the proceeds of that can go to um, veterans charities and that kind of thing but really to sort of raise public awareness of the side effects of of combat and and the sort of the plight of these guys you know like what they've been through and brian said yeah that's that's definitely something that's interesting to do. And also, he has a, his father is from a military background, so he has that connection to the military already. And he said, you know, it's a project I'm interested in doing, but I just don't really feel like that's something you can put into a calendar. You know, like, you can't... I mean, you know, like, choose a wounded soldier for April or for September. It just felt kind of a bit strange and a bit wrong. Yeah. So he said to the journalist, look, I'm, I'm interested in doing this. If you could put me in touch with the soldiers, but I'd like to do it as a serious photography project, not as a calendar. And so that was the, the beginning of that project. And then, of course, the, the, the reality of that situation is that he had these soldiers coming to his studio and uh, um, the emotional response you have to seeing people who've been, you know, in some cases very, very visibly, severely wounded, mm. severely wounded yeah. And there was, um, there was a, a particular soldier, rifleman, uh, Craig, Craig yeah, Wood, Craig Wood mm-hmm. who um, is a very young guy, but he also, he looks younger than he is as well so he looked very very young and he had lost both of his legs and one of his arms and uh um, he came with his father and brian was uh um how can we say as anyone would be as anyone would be when he saw this young man and what happened to him was found it extremely hard to overcome the initial emotional response which is one of you know great 
um, sorrow and pity for the person who's been on the receiving end of this stuff and then frustration that conflict happens and, and all of those huge emotions that kind of go through and found it very difficult. You know, like he, he found it very difficult to approach that person and to not be over emotional and to still be able to take the, the pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, it had a really, a really big effect on him as it would on anyone. Um, but during the course of doing the project, he realized, well, hang on a minute, these, a lot of these guys were turning up and they were really pleased to see him. You know, they were really happy to come and spend an afternoon with Brian Adam. Um, so, you know, the, quite often they weren't turning up feeling sorry for themselves or, um, you know, self-pitying. Uh, and, and they were like, hey, I'm getting a day out. I'm getting to hang out with Brian Adams. And, um, uh, and one of the guys... Uh, uh, he turned up and Brian said, so, okay, um, you know, it's really nice to meet you. So what what are we kind of looking at here? And the guy said, oh, I'm missing a leg. And Brian said, do you, do you want to, are you comfortable showing me that? And the guy just dropped his trousers and they both <laughs> laughed. You know, like he just went, how about that? Dropped his trousers and Brian laughed. He took a picture and actually th- that picture ended up being in the book. And, and he said, you know, like that was the kind of moment where he realized, hold on, these are guys, they like a drink, they're tough guys as well. They don't feel sorry for themselves. They're also proud of what they've done. Um, you know, they've served their country. They've been through an unfortunate um, situation as a result of that. But they're still guys and they still like to have a laugh. And that, and, and that was, you know, for him, this emotional roller coaster of how do you deal with the the subject of photographing wounded soldiers, you know, and, and not fetishizing the wounds, but photographing the people, you know, like trying to bring out the, the character and the, um, the personalities of, of these men and, and women who've been, who've been injured. And I so, think it's, um, a, it's really something that, that shines through that series. I mean, like you said, it has both sides. It has this sort of devastating feeling that you get when you, when you go and see those photos in, in the Wounded series. But at the yeah. same time, you can feel that humor. And I remember that, uh, that, uh, that work with uh, the drop-down pants. And, and you, can, you truly see that emotion. And you can pretty much even kind of uh, picture the storyline and how it went. And, yeah. and I think it's a remarkable way and, and such a sincere way that, that how Brian works. And, and he really, you can really see and experience that, that emotion through his work. I don't think it's, yeah. it's easy to come by that. I don't think any, any photographer, however skilled they are, uh, can do that. I think it really has to do a lot with his personality. Absolutely. There was a very, there was a really, um, there was a really fantastic couple of events that happened in London. One was the, um, the launch of the book was done in the National Portrait Gallery. And um, uh, a lot of the, well, all of the soldiers who featured were invited, but and a lot of them turned up. And I know from having spoken to um, people who've been working with them, that uh, uh, some of these guys have had real trouble it, it putting themselves out in public because the, the because you know if they have, for instance, very bad facial injuries, they they feel um, uh, difficulty in presenting themselves in normal situations. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys were turning up, and it was really great. And you know, like Brian was getting attention from people, and he was like, 
I don't, this is not about me at all. Everyone can just leave me alone. I'm going to go and sit in the corner. If people want books, they can come and see me. But this about these guys. And with these guys were walking in the door and everyone was cheering and clapping them. You know, it was like these were the rock stars walking in. These were, you know, these heroes. And, and seeing these guys kind of light up. And, and I know some of them had really struggled with being, being out in public. And then they were walking into a room where people were cheering and clapping them and shaking their hands and, you know, like, and that was the recognition that they needed in the first place. And it was really, it was really moving seeing that. It was a really beautiful event, actually. Um, and that happened a couple of times. We then did a, another show in Somerset House and uh, Prince Harry came along and uh, there was, a, you know, a lot of the soldiers there and they were giving talks and, it was fantastic, you know, it was really great. Um, you know, and you can't underestimate the psychological difficulties that a lot of these, uh, a lot of these people have been through. So I think these kind of projects are, I mean, that, that's sort of the side that maybe people don't so often see, but I think these are maybe the main reasons why Brian takes on projects like this. He doesn't, you know, I've got the understanding that he just doesn't take these projects because... You know, there's always this kind of side mission that that why these things are important for him, and this kind of side benefit yeah. that that really helps these people. So it, it really all comes down to to the people themselves. He does it mainly for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you know, we went through it when we were, when we were doing the homeless um, photographs, and the, the first the first session that we did, which spread over a few days, and we had people coming to the um, to Brian's house. And uh, um, uh, they were they were um, living on the streets, and then they'd been asked if they would come. And obviously, you know, you've got a, a strange, uh, rather delicate situation there because you don't want to be, you know, sort of have a feeling like you're using people. Mm-hmm. But and so when it comes to well, how what do we what do we give these people as a thank you for coming? Because a lot of them have drug and alcohol problems. So giving them a whole load of money is possibly going to be harm. extremely destructive. So it's a really it's a very that's a very delicate one. We were really trying to work out what the best way of doing things was in that situation. I mean, we end up having. I went to the shops and bought a load of beers and cigarettes and things. And so if anyone was feeling like they needed some time out, they could come and sit outside with me and have a beer and a cigarette. I was, I was quite happy to do that on a working day. <laughs> it's not very often you get the chance to. So, um, And, uh, and you know, in, uh, we would sometimes be in a situation where we had someone in, who stood in front of the camera and immediately burst into tears. You know, guys and, and women, like men and women, um, uh, would stand in front and, and suddenly... They were getting perhaps uh, some attention that they had been lacking in their lives or, you know, they were surrounded by people who were just, you know, saying, we really care about your situation here. And so huge emotional breakdowns. And so, you know, a lot of those, a lot of those situations, a lot of those days are about communicating with people, not necessarily about turning a lens or or pressing a a shutter release. You know, it's... um, it's about a lot of other things. And there's, there's an interesting thing that Brian said once, that um, when he does his music, there's a barrier between him and the audience. As in, he's on the stage, and he's got his band with him, but he's on the stage, and everyone else is over there. There's a sort of, you know, like, there's a, he's not physically able to connect in a very personal way, other than through the music. 
which is a sort of um, not a barrier, but it's it's a thing that gives a space between him and other people. Whereas mm-hmm. when he spends his time doing photography, there's no barrier. He gets in, and you know, so it's and it's really, you know, he is a he's a people person. He's he needs that kind of uh, connection. And um, and he said, with photography, I get the opportunity to be on a one to one basis with people to learn about them. To, to share ideas, to share stories, to to really connect with individual people on a on a personal level that he doesn't get when he's stood in front of a crowd of ten thousand or what have you, um, and that's really interesting. So you know, when you said earlier about how does he divide himself between those things, I, I think both things are really necessary, and, and perhaps photography gives him an an, an environment where he can really personally connect with people in a way he can't through the music. Yeah, I think that that really makes sense and, and that explains a lot when, when you look at his photos and, and think how passionate he is when he does photography and how, you know, when you see him on stage you can it's it's amazing what an energy he has. But but it I think it, it really explains a lot now when, when you when you cite his uh, what he said about uh, you know photography helping him connect without a barrier yeah and i think that's something you can you can very well see also on this really iconic photo that he has uh, taken of her majesty so queen elizabeth ii that's uh, <laughs> that's really i mean i've never seen a such a sincere photo of her majesty before and you know literally with the dirty wellingtons on the same photo of, of a smiling queen then uh, i think that pretty much sums up um his uh, connection to you know his ability to connect to the people on a different level yeah i mean that, that's a, that's a really lovely story unfortunately i wasn't on that on that shoot it was it was extremely tightly controlled um of course because you know this was an opportunity for um uh, uh, photographers from different Commonwealth countries to come and, and take a portrait of the Queen, and Brian was selected as the representative of Canada, mm-hmm. and uh, and so he got this. Uh, he got he got a ten minute window. That was it. You get you ten minutes with Her Majesty, and that's it. Um, very tightly controlled, and uh, so he went down to he went down to the palace, and he had uh, he had with him um, a Polaroid camera. You know the old type that has the bellows on it. Um, wow. large format Polaroid 10.8 and a wooden tripod and he had that but he also had a digital camera and he had everything you know just in case you've got everything on hand in case that it feels like this will be the way to go and um, she walked in and uh, he wasn't quite ready uh, and she, he said oh, oh my god I'm sorry I'm it's very lovely to meet you I'm not quite ready yet and she looked and she saw this camera on a tripod and she said good lord I haven't seen a camera like that for about 50 years <laughs> and it made her laugh and then Brian said oh that's uh yeah you know like um, I like using the old old stuff and the new technology you know let's just see what's what's best and uh, he said oh, I'm so sorry I'm not ready so he said I'll just I'll just sit here for a second and he said well actually do you know what it looks really great with you sat there and yeah she has her her welly boots for her gardening uh, next to her and and um he said it'd be really great if I could just take a portrait of you here and she said oh, would my wellington boots be in the shot and he said yeah why not <laughs> and she smiled and that's that kind of that beaming smile that was on her face is, is uh, you know her story. 
Yeah, it's really great. And then the funny thing is, is that after taking the picture, the um, there's there's a, a controlling body who control all the output from the palace and, and everything related to the royal family. And they got in touch uh, and said, oh, you know, we're, we're terribly sorry, but we can't use this portrait. The, uh, Her Majesty isn't photographed next to domestic objects or personal objects like that. And he's like, oh, that's, that's a real shame. And about 10 minutes later, he got another phone call from the palace saying, um, Her Majesty has insisted that we do use the photograph. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, wow, that's fantastic. So she, she loved it. And it's very, very nice. And it's, it's a good sign, I think, of, of, uh, of how he is as a photographer that, you know, like that um, the subjects are happy with the results. I mean, that's really important. But, you know, she... She, she overrode the uh, the palace um, committee, whatever it's called, to uh, um, to yes, to say no. I, I like that one, and actually, it ended up being uh, it was a po- the the face. It was cropped down, but the, her face, her smiling face, was used as a postage stamp in uh, in Canada. Wow! So um, yeah, it's a great shot. That it, it's, it always makes people smile. I don't it think does. people are used to seeing the, seeing the queen look quite so sort of relaxed and happy. Um, yeah, and it really yeah, makes it feel shot. like she's, you know, just another person, like you and I, or or whomever. And it's, yeah, it's uh, yeah. you know, it's the most beautiful way to uh, to yeah take a photo of, of Her Majesty. And I think yeah. that's actually a beautiful story to sum up what kind of a person, first of all, and then what kind of a photographer Brian Adams is. Um, thank you so much, Matt Humphrey, that you took the time and to just talk about uh, Brian's works and about curating this exhibition exposed that we had here in Tallinn. This is uh, the last few days for uh, the people of Tallinn to come and visit the exhibition. It will be um, opened until the 20th of September. So hopefully those who have not made it yet here uh, can still do that. And thank you once more, Matt. And we really look forward to the next uh, projects that uh, you and uh, Brian will do together, hopefully. Oh, well, thank you very much for, for speaking to me. I've really enjoyed it. It's really nice to be able to uh, to chat to you about this stuff. And um, I'm such a massive fan of Fotografiska and, uh, <laughs> you know, being able to do anything there is a real privilege. Of, of all the places that I've worked in around the world, it's it's my favourite. It really, it really is uh, a fantastic place. And, you know, as soon as I can get back to Estonia, I, I'm going to be on that plane and coming over. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you for your kind words and hopefully we see you very soon here then. (laughs) I do hope so. All right. Thank you very much for talking to me.